a lot going on with uh, the General Assembly. The reporting is all at WIBC.com. One of them being legislators uh, looking for a chance to modify emergency orders from the governor, House passing a bill to make it easier for legislators to push back on a governor's emergency order. They have the 16-member legislative council, and they would have the ability to call the House and Senate back into session if the governor declares an emergency. So there are 10 members of the majority parties in the House and Senate, including the House Speaker and the Senate Pro Tem, and there are six members of the minority party. The bill also exempts houses of worship from emergency orders, requires county commissioners to approve any local health orders stricter than the state's. Now, what's interesting is that when they took this vote, five Democrats joined the Republicans, but four Republicans voted no because they say the bill doesn't go far enough. So I'm very curious to see where it is they want this bill to go. Then I want to know from the Democrats who didn't vote for it, well, why why not? Just asking, when the governor engages an executive order, I don't think people in the main, I guess depending on the order, but I don't think people in the main freak out. They say, okay. When an executive order is signed again and again, month after month after month after month after month, and that executive order is about telling people you're not allowed to be in business, and the people have no way to respond, that is an issue. That's an issue. And the governor may not see it that way. His staff may not see it that way. I know I see it that way. I argue many other people do as well. Do you have the ability month after month to claim this is an emergency? Maybe that's a power that the governor, the executive, shouldn't have. Maybe, rather, what should happen is that the people should have more of a say. Eric Berman is the chief political correspondent here at 93 WIBC. He does the State House Review. He has been following all of these things. Eric, I appreciate you joining us a little bit early today. Um, I, I am looking at this legislation uh, the, about the Legislative Council, about making it easier to push back on uh, the, the emergency order. And you have four, Demo- four Republicans who say it doesn't go far enough. You have five Democrats who have joined. And the rest of the Democrats seem to be okay with ongoing executive orders. What's going to happen in the Senate with this bill? I think that portion of the bill or something similar to it is going to pass, and probably the governor will sign it. Uh, The the governor and Speaker Houston and Rod Bray in the Senate have been saying for several weeks, uh, look, we we understand this might need to be tweaked. We're consulting. We're working collaboratively on it. Um, It may not be this exact form. This is the second or third version of that is the one that passed, but it's not where the bill started out. But I think we're going to see something where the legislature has some means to get involved, even if they're not in session. What may change are these two provisions that got added in the House, which don't go to the legislature so much as what the governor is allowed to do. There's the one provision that would say, yeah, orders don't apply to houses of worship. There's the other one that would say local health departments can't issue an order stricter than the state unless the county commissioners approve. Currently, if Virginia Kane wants to issue an order for Marion County, um, Virginia Kane issues an order. This would say in the case of Marion County, it goes to the city county council. Other counties that don't have Unigov, it goes to the commissioners. That's similar to some things going on in the Senate, so that probably has a decent chance of surviving as well. But the houses of worship thing is going to be an interesting debate. 
Now, one of the other things going on being pushed is this. There's this riot bill, as is uh, been described. And when it first came out, I said, I don't know if I'm okay with this because it seems to me that this bill which would say rioting is a more punishable offense and would allow uh, bigger charges, uh, as I see it, to be applied, it kind of does blur the line that if, could this be that if the police decide something's a riot, they can all of a sudden arrest people based on this legislation? The ACLU is opposed to it uh, for sure. It's opposed by Ryan Mears, uh, the Marion County prosecutor. Where is the fight on this bill and what's its future? I think you do. I'm not sure what the future is to take the easy. I don't know. Um, but uh, what the fight on this bill goes very much to what you just described, which is how do you draw that very fine line where you protect the right to assemble, but you prosecute rioters? And what that bill is doing is saying that basically there's no such thing as an innocent bystander, that if you're at a riot, and you don't either call the police or leave or try to stop the people who are rioting, you're just as liable as everyone else. Um, the ACLU and some of the prosecutors, as you mentioned, have some, some problems with that. Um, it's a fine line. You've got to draw that language very carefully. And, you know, everyone is going to decide that line falls in, in a different spot. And then within that, there's going to be some very careful wordsmithing to make it say what you want it to say. So that's a debate that's a long way from over. I just find it interesting, you know, that when this got put out there, that it was, the, you know, the very often we see things that are reactionary. Uh, in 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 its methodology, as opposed to valuable in its methodology, and I was surprised more people didn't say this is a reactionary piece, which I think uh, that it is. That takes us to a story uh, that you wrote about Commerce Chairman Bob Morris, who has gone a full abrupt turnabout, as you write about, and has taken away a conversation about uh, COVID uh, responsibilities and has turned it into a social media bill. Yeah, this is a maneuver that's called a strip and insert. Normally, those need to be noticed in advance. This came up with uh, with no warning, and we'll see what that what Representative Morris's committee does with that next week. Next week's the last week for committee hearings. But this started out as another COVID bill, not the one we were just talking about, but one that was even stricter. This one not only would have banned restrictions on churches but also would have banned most restrictions on businesses, would have said you can't restrict elective surgeries. Um, basically, most of the actions Governor Holcomb has taken over the last 11 months uh, would be ruled out of bounds. That on Tuesday completely went away. Um, Representative Morris said, you know, we've got the, the church language in the other bill. Um, we're satisfied we can accomplish this elsewhere. Hey, I got a bill here. Here's something else I'd like to do. And so this is, a, is now a bill that would say that Facebook and Twitter and any other app can't restrict you. They can't suspend your account. They can't block your post. They can't flag your posts. If you're if you create that account in Indiana, you know, President Trump is in Mar-a-Lago. If he were to travel to Indianapolis and try to post on Twitter, if he could find an account to do it, this law would say, yeah, you can do that. Um, the committee response basically was either. This is a bad – actually, I don't even think anybody said this was a bad idea. Basically, everyone, including the yes vote, said, wait, what? Uh, in fact, my notes at one point literally said that. Um, it was 
this came out of nowhere. It had been filed as an amendment, but was just sort of uh, sitting in the background. No one realized it was going to actually be called, much less on a completely unrelated bill. So that debate, if it takes place, will take place next Tuesday, and we'll see if once there's a full hearing, the committee wants to go along with this. Eric Berman, chief political correspondent here at 93 WIBC. Uh, we're going to get with Guy Relford and talk about some of this uh, constitutional carry legislation, but is there anything going on that we should be keeping an eye on that's not making a, a lot of noise? Um, I think that the, you know, there's going to be surprises because there always are. I think at this point the bills that are making noise are the bills that, that are making noise. Um, there's, it, there's been a lot of stuff on COVID. There's been uh, a few background issues. The House Republicans should put out a budget today. But I don't think we've got any of those uh, any of those background bills just yet. Um, the, the social media bill might be the out-of-nowhere bill at this point if that continues. Eric Berman. There he goes, off to do what Eric Berman does after he's done with us, which no one really knows, and maybe you shouldn't ask. Eric Berman, Chief Political Correspondent, I appreciate you taking the time. On the Drive, Hubler.com hotline.